At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Here on the Monday edition of The Yard, I may sound a little different today, and it's because I'm using different equipment. Because in all my infinite wisdom and uh, my urgency to get out of the house and get to Columbus, Ohio, I went off and left the microphone. Yeah, so we had to uh, to go procure one for a temporary use here. So if the sound quality is not what you're accustomed to, uh, you don't need to adjust your device. It's it's my fault, but uh, we're making do. It's been a busy day here in Columbus. It was a busy day yesterday just getting up here. Uh, we have had some snow. Uh, we did. It's cold up here. It is. I'm getting good use out of that leather jacket. I can promise you it's, it is cold up here. We uh, spent the day training at the True Rest location here in Columbus, Ohio, and I will be... Uh, you know, running shop here for uh, Jeans Page from Ohio for a couple days, and then we'll head back on Thursday. So your national, excuse me, your national signing day extravaganza will also come from Ohio. So uh, we'll do that after everything is. So that's where we are and what we're doing. And uh, True Rest Starkville will be opening in about a month. Uh, we were hoping to be open in December. However, there was a delay in getting some tile delivered. And they can't lay the pods until the tile has all been delivered. And that makes sense to you. So uh, that's the only delay we've had. But uh, if you're looking for gift cards, if you're thinking, hey, you know what? I'm not quite sure what to get my spouse. Uh, go to Facebook and go to True Rest Starkville. And uh, you can book through there. We've had people that uh, have used the True Rest phone number, and uh, that goes directly to the bride, and uh, so she can kind of direct you from there. But uh, yeah, we're excited about it. And being up here in Columbus, Ohio, it's one of the first stores been open, I guess, since 2006, and uh, it's a great facility. Our facility will be newer and nicer than theirs, but uh, theirs is certainly bigger than ours. But I, I got to tell you how proud I am that the very first True Rest franchise is going to be right there in Starkville, Mississippi. A lot of people said, hey, maybe you should just invest and do it in Jackson or Biloxi. I'm like, nope, we're going to do it right here in Starkville, and we're going to run it like a mom and pop. So you can stop by and say hello and uh, get your float on. It's going to be uh, very, very impressive. But uh, it's been a busy stretch. I spent yesterday, uh, the wife drove, and uh, I used the hotspot and the glory of the Internet uh, to catch up with visitors. And uh, we had several stories, and uh, there have been some commitments yesterday. There have been some commitments today. Uh, we're going to break that down. We're going to talk about some other names out there that we're watching. 
kind of preview signing day a little bit. We'll talk about where we are, what we are. Now, one of the things that I want to address right out of the gate, because a lot of people have asked about this. Hey, you know, Steve, what do you make of the DeCamryon Richardson situation? And, and here's what I'll tell you. I was told, I don't know, maybe a month ago, that the only way DeCam was leaving is if he turned pro. Well, apparently he got feedback, maybe he didn't get exactly what he wanted, and elected to go in the portal. Now he's going to Ole Miss. And so people, I guess, are expecting us to rant and rave about that. The first thing I'll tell you is I think DeCamryon Richardson is a great young man and uh, played really well for us down the stretch. He has had some bouts of inconsistency at times in his career. And uh, playing corner in the Southeastern Conference is not an easy undertaking, uh, especially when you consider how poor our safety play was at times this year. But uh, I don't have any bitterness in my heart for DeCamryon Richardson. You know, I, I wish him the best with uh, one, exception, one exception, right? Uh, but here's the thing, and this is not necessarily a commentary on DeCamryon Richardson, but just on college football and college athletics as a whole. Guys, the days of us, you know, having people sign with us and, uh, and you, maybe your kids getting to know them and getting a picture when they're freshmen or redshirt freshmen and then following their career for, for four to five years, those days for the most part are over. And so I'm just going to encourage you not to get attached, you know, and, and it's a shame that it is the way that it is, but you can't fault players for operating within the framework that the adults put in place for them. Yeah, does it stink that DeCamryon Richardson, who I believe is our probably our most talented player on defense, is not going to play at Ole Miss? Absolutely. Is Ole Miss doing a great job in the portal? You better believe it. And to suggest otherwise is just to be disingenuous. Uh, so, yeah, it's not, it's certainly not anything that we're happy about. But, uh, you know, it's it's certainly just kind of part of the framework of which we're, we're working with now in college athletics. And as I shared uh, here a week or so ago, you know, this new temporary restraining order that's in place now by this judge that's saying, hey, you know what, they may be able to transfer every year. Guys, at some point, the money runs out. And not just for Mississippi State, but for everybody. And that's why we have got to get our arms around this. You know, not just in Starkville, but around college football, because uh, we are, we have really opened up Pandora's box. And, of course, there's a lot of people out there that are saying, you know what, hey, Steve, I told you. I told you so. And, uh, you know, the reality of it is, is maybe you did. But this is where we are. And it doesn't matter who gets credit for saying what or when they said it. But the bottom line is this, is that uh, we're in a very precarious situation uh, when it comes to college athletics. And, hey, are some people doing a better job in the portal than we are? Yeah, absolutely. There are some people out there doing worse than us. That's true, too. You know, it just so happens, you know, Ole Miss doing a great job in the portal. And so, as a result, it, it's one of those things that makes it sting a little bit more, right? You know, obviously, they've got a staff that's had some continuity. and We've got a brand-new staff that um, just got finalized with the hire of Cliff Odom uh, from uh, New Mexico State, who will be your new special teams coordinator. And so, said on the show back then, and listen, you guys are smart. You get it. I mean, this is going to be a situation because of the fact you've got a new staff. You don't expect this to be a highly rated class. But all that understood, if we end up in the top 30, we've done really well, all things considered. Uh, now, there was uh, you know, a possibility you can add a few more players and maybe creep in the top 25. That possibility still exists. Uh, but yeah, some things are going to have to go right for us. But uh, I'm not going to sit here and paint you some rosy picture. And it's so funny to me. I, I see some of the social media commentary at times and it makes me chuckle. You know, it's like, unless you're just ready to bulldoze the stadium and, uh, 
you know, hang Dr. Keenum in effigy and uh, march down the streets of Starkville and, uh, you know, uh, you know, protest, you know, what's happening in the state. It's like, oh, well, you know, well, Steve's a sunshine pup, right? That's not true at all. You know, just because I don't get out here and whine and cry doesn't mean I'm not telling you like it is. You know, I call it as I see it. Other people call it as they see it. And, uh, you know, we just see things differently. Doesn't mean that I'm right or they're wrong or vice versa. But it's one of those things that, um, you know, it's just interesting to me. I get on here really and just try to give you guys the facts and the things as I see it. But there's so many people out there that think they can do a better job. So I'm going to encourage you to start your own podcast and we'll see how things go. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show. And uh, I love Bulldog Burger Company. You should, too. Next time you're in town or just traveling around the great state of Mississippi, swing into Bulldog Burger Company and put your feet under their table and let them feed you. Let them entertain you. Let them allow you to kind of take a load off, right? Get the spring rolls as your appetizer. They'll make you and everybody around you better looking. You're going to make America a more beautiful place, making the world better one bite at a time by getting those spring rolls. Uh, And then in addition to that, you get that great restaurant-quality hamburger. Get that dessert to go. I'm a big advocate for that, for sure. Huge advocate for that. Because when I get home, sometimes I think, okay, man, I'm so full. Then I get home a couple hours later and say, man, I wish I had a palate cleanser. And it's nice to have that, whether it be that chocolate shake or that fine Shipley's bread pudding. And again, three locations to serve you. University Drive in Stark Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Be sure and tell them that we sent you. And go by and have uh, a great meal. The Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. All right, big, big day yesterday. So we'll start there, and then we'll look at our uh, our commitments uh, from today, and we've had a couple, and I'll kind of break these down, tell you my honest opinion about them. And uh, the one of the things that you're never going to hear me do, I, guys, I've been covering Mississippi State since 1997. I've been covering recruiting since 2004. One of the things that uh, I am always very cautious about is to have the snap judgment about a recruit, good or bad. Because I've had a lot of guys, I mean, you know, Antonio Hargrove being one, I expected Hargrove to come in here, Bob Hargrove, as we affectionately call him. I thought he and Ray Ray Bibbins were going to come up here and set the woods on fire. Hargrove, of course, you know, didn't stay, and poor Ray Ray was just injured and ended up having a really serious injury that, that slowed things down. And so there's a lot of times we say, hey, this guy is going to be great, and they're not. And then you have a guy like Kevin Dockery. You guys remember, remember Doc, right? We, we signed Kevin Dockery, they thought, in kind of a calf-cow deal with Delwan Robinson. And lo and behold, Kevin Dockery was a great player for Mississippi State and spent some time in the National Football League. There's a lot of people that will surprise you. I'm reminded, too, of Jonathan Banks. I know you guys know Banksy, right? You know, won the Jim Thorpe Award. Guys, we beat Holmes Community College for him. And so I share that not to suggest that uh, – these commitments are going to be NFL players. Just to tell you that we just simply never know. Uh, being able to predict future human performance is an inexact science. So you never know from one season to the next how guys are going to go, how they're going to perform, how they're going to handle the uh, the rigors of being a student athlete, handling all their studies, handling the disappointment and the stress and anxiety of being a player in the Southeastern Conference. So you never know. And so, and anybody that tells you that, hey, I know exactly how this is going to go, number one, is a liar, or number two, uh, should be working for an SEC program somewhere uh, because they can pick them out because you just simply never know. There are just so many variables to consider. So let's take a look uh, uh, at yesterday's commitments. And the one thing that I'll tell you, 
I don't think we've t- we've signed a bunch of difference makers. I think our best players at this point have come from the high school ranks. I think we've got some interesting junior college guys. We've got some depth guys. Do we have some some good pieces? You better believe it. If we if we found difference makers in the portal, I don't know that I'm willing to go that far. Not yet. Now the good thing is there will be another portal dump. There'll be some more players to go into the portal, and I think we're going to be glad that, number one, we have some money to spend, but also some spots to allocate for those guys. Uh, but, hey, we can't just sit here and say, okay, well, it's going to be better. Now, we, we've got to work hard. Now, this staff isn't done uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, some big commitments yesterday. And um, so let's start with uh, Kyle McClendon. Now, Kyle McClendon from Gulfport, I, I was told early in the weekend Weren't sure if he was going to be an offer guy or not. And it's interesting, as soon as he commits, we have some people ask if he's a preferred walk-on. Well, Kyle McClendon has kind of quietly put together a pretty good offer sheet. And I don't think a lot of people fully appreciate that. Uh, This is a guy that were like, hey, is he going to be a PWO? Well, why would he turn down scholarship opportunities with Power 5 programs to come play at Mississippi State and pay his own way? Doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, it's like we want to pick it apart. Well, since we don't know anything about him, you know, uh, and this is a guy, too, that kind of got on the Mississippi State radar late. Now, I've talked to some people that have coached against him and played against him, and he spent much of his career as an offensive lineman there at Gulfport, made the switch over uh, to defensive line, and blossomed and ended up being in a Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. But uh, this is a young man that's got over a dozen offers, and that's not even counting all the junior college offers, not that we ever count those when we're in relation to an SEC commitment. But uh, this is a guy that had a decent offer sheet. And um, so let's kind of break it down for you here. Because, again, this is a guy we're just kind of getting to know, 6'2", 300 pounds. Uh, we got him ranked yesterday, too. He's an 85. But I do commend the uh, you know the network for getting right on that. I asked to have him evaluated, and they got it done. Of course, he has the offer from Mississippi State. And it looks kind of silly that he shows his committed without an offer. But uh, he does have an offer from Mississippi State. So we'll fix that right now while we're on, while we're on the phone here together. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, speaking to him yesterday, uh, he, he basically told me, he goes, you know, I, I went in there hoping to get the offer and knowing that if they gave me the offer, I was going to commit. That's exactly what happened. Uh, we talk about the defensive line class in this state, and they're all a little bit scratch and dent in my estimation. I can pick every one of these guys apart. And that's one of the things that happens, too, over the course of their recruitment, you know, because familiarity breeds contempt, right? So guys that are ranked early on get scrutinized a lot closer. But McClendon's a guy, that, again, kind of late to the radar uh, in many respects. But, uh, you know, here's the offer sheet for those of you that um, really haven't done your research. And I apologize. I had a little bit of a coffin fit there. Did the best I could to catch it. Um, but, you know, kind of working through this thing, uh, South Alabama, Alcorn State, those don't really, uh, you know, flip your skirt. But Arizona State offered Arkansas State, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, uh, Grambling State, Liberty, Memphis, Savannah State, Southeastern Louisiana, and UAB. So, so a couple of Power Five offers in addition to Mississippi State. But a good get for us, and we'll see how things go. I mean, he's a developmental guy. And anybody that sits here and tries to uh, suggest that he is some type of finished product or some diamond in a rough blue chip, they're just kind of getting over on you a little bit. But uh, but I like the take. Uh, I do. And I think that he is a guy that uh, kind of reminiscent of Calvin Dinkins a little bit. That's kind of who he reminds me of. 
Suleiman Paka, that's the defensive tackle out of Purdue. Is he a difference maker? I don't think so, but I think he is a two-deeper. I think that he is a piece in the rotation. Uh, I can tell you some other people tell me uh, that they think that he will be a good piece for Mississippi State. Uh, with Calvin Dinkins and Trevion Williams coming back, we certainly expect those guys to be back to good health. We expect them to be starters. Uh, but you got to have some depth behind them. And, and then there's the reality of this, too. Those guys are kind of learning to play big-time college football for the first time. Jaden Cromedy and Nathan Pickering took most of the snaps this year. So Paca, an older guy, a very steady guy. He has not had a ton of production. He has played in several ball games. Uh, so I see him as a two-deeper, but I think that he is a guy, number one, because of all the football that he's played, uh, is an interesting piece. Again, is he a difference maker? No, I don't believe so, but I do think he is a good get. We, and I had somebody earlier say, Steve, are we just taking warm bodies? Well, no, we're not just taking warm bodies, but um, but the reality of it is, is that, again, we haven't found somebody I, I, I've seen as a program-defining player, but I think Pocket can be an interesting piece for us. Uh, Trey Wright also known as Travion Wright. It's a guy that Matt Barnes recruited out of Perry High School, Georgia, to the University of Memphis. Uh, he is a guy, too, that uh, uh, redshirted this year, so he has four years of, uh, of eligibility remaining. Of course, this is his one-time transfer exception. For whatever that means at this point, you know, that's an important aspect of this thing. The rules are always changing, you know. So he, who knows how long he's with us. But based on the current rules, he should be with us until he becomes a graduate unless he wants to sit out a year. Uh, but six foot, 175-pound corner. And again, you look, it's like we can't come. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Complain about all the guys in the portal from the cornerback room and then us having to go out and go get some younger guys to get in developmental pipeline in the same breath. Right? I think we can all, if we're fair with it, uh, we, can, we can be fair t- with each other. Uh, the Ball brothers, Cameron Ball and Justin Ball, both tight ends. Of course, uh, Justin makes the move from Vanderbilt. Cameron making the move, move from Buffalo. Are these guys difference makers? I don't think so. 
I don't think they're difference makers, but I think they're important pieces for us because, number one, they're natural tight ends. You know, we spent this year trying to just figure it out. You know, we'll take some guys and we'll move them around and we'll, we'll take some guys that are jumbo act receivers and we'll bulk them up and we'll play them at tight end, make them pass catching tight ends. We'll go in the portal and we'll sign Ryland Goday. And uh, I believe Ryland gave us everything that he could, uh, but he just wasn't the player we needed him to be. You know, appreciate his contributions to Mississippi State football, but uh, this one college catch in his career, and we saw the drops in practice. You know, it wasn't like it was some big surprise. It was a reason uh, he was a blocking tight end, and at times uh, that was just kind of an up-and-down proposition. But Justin Ball and Cameron, uh, bigger tight ends than we've had out maybe outside of Ryland. But uh, you're rebuilding the tight end room. Do I expect either of these guys to be difference makers? No, you're not going to go formulate a defensive game plan around them, but they're pieces for us. Probably the biggest piece of the weekend is McKaywin Pounders. Now, McKaywin Pounders is an offensive lineman, of course, that uh, prepped at Bahalia High School. The story is well documented. He was a guy that was committed to Mississippi State. Ole Miss flipped him late and then did not sign him. He was left scrambling, went to Memphis, redshirted, was expected to be their starting left tackle in 2022. Got injured very early in a ball game against Mississippi State, and that kind of lingered throughout the year. Played a little bit last year. He was to left tackle. Uh, is he a left tackle for us? Is he a guard for us? I don't know. But I like the fact that this is a guy that can play up and down the line. Uh, when I spoke to him on the phone, I thought he was going to get very emotional. And he did, but not, you know, he didn't cry. Okay, that's kind of the point I'm making. Uh, one of the things that he told me is that, um, you know, when he got ready to take the visit, he just kind of wondered how he was going to be received. I think we'd all feel that way, right? But as soon as he got back on campus, he said he just had this feeling of home. And then when he saw Rod Gibson looking at him and smiling and greeting him to campus, he said at that point it didn't really matter how the rest of the visit went. He knew where he was supposed to be. And uh, nobody mentioned it. No, nobody gave him a hard time about it, nor would you expect that. I mean, they're professionals. But this is a young guy that it was manipulated into a very bad situation. And he goes, I'm doing this the way I should have done it the first time. I should have been at Mississippi State. And now he'll get the opportunity. And he joked with me a little bit, too. He goes, you know, it's not over. Those papers are signed. I said, no, I I get it. I understand. Certainly. Certainly understand. Um, But, yeah, so some good additions in that respect uh, on Sunday. And so I guess when it's all said and done, it's five commitments. And uh, we were able to get everybody on the phone. Uh, Very grateful for that. Talked to Paca. Talked to Wright, both, and uh, I guess we had more than that, really. We had six commitments, and we got them all. So Paca, Wright, the Ball Brothers, Pounders, and um, McClendon. Uh, so we're able to get everybody on the phone. You guys are able to read their first comments and the joy of, the, of, of joining the Mississippi State football program. Uh, now, today we pick up two commitments, too. No real surprise there. Uh, Cyrus Reyes, a latecomer to the Mississippi State radar. Another guy that was recruited to the University of Memphis by Matt Barnes. Uh, I think somehow this is connected to the Jaden Lewis thing, to be honest with you. And Jaden Lewis is a much high, more highly regarded player, but Lewis ultimately did not visit this weekend and is not quite sure where things stand. In addition to that, Gregory Jenross, you know, he snuck over and took a visit at Mississippi State, uh, tried to do it and kind of keep it quiet, and ultimately it did get out. Uh, I wasn't the one that broke that news, uh, for those of you keeping score. 
but Jen Ross, I spoke to him after he decommitted from Arkansas and said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what's going to happen. And I think, honestly, with State taking these, uh, the two ball brothers, maybe State is done at the position. Just don't get the sense that Greg is, uh, is being pushed by State. Now, that could change over the course of the week. But as of now, I think some things have to happen in order for him to be a part of the class. Uh, but Cyrus Reyes, uh, a guy that was a, a unanimous all-district performer out in Katy, Texas at Taylor High School, uh, put up some big numbers. Doesn't have a ton of, of uh, you know, college options, but he has some. You know, I, I read some comments today. Somebody said he didn't have a single D1 offer, and that's completely false. I mean, number one, he decommitted from Memphis today. Uh, but he did have uh, some lower level. We're the only Power 5 offer for him. And, again, I think it's really more of a commentary of kind of where we are in the second there. We've got to get some younger players and kind of get this thing going. But, um, you know, you got to get some stopgap guys to give the young guys an opportunity uh, to develop. But, uh, you know, the hope is with a full year to recruit that we kind of recruit over some of these guys. Uh, and that's not a commentary on Reyes, but uh, you certainly think with more time to prepare, more time to recruit, uh, next year's class will be a little more highly regarded. Uh, but Reyes, a very, very intelligent and articulate young man, uh, really prioritizes academics. Uh, chose Mississippi State over Memphis, of course, Arkansas State, Delaware, Eastern Illinois, Illinois State, uh, Lafayette, Montana State, Northern Iowa, and a few others. But uh, he is currently state's lowest-rated recruit in the class. Now, is that ranking commiserate with his ability? Well, I don't know. I hadn't watched enough of him at this point to really give you a an informed opinion. But uh, I do know how things work. When a lot of times these kids commit early to G5 programs, people just kind of put a default rating on them and just kind of call it a day. And, and my argument about that has always been it shouldn't be about who they commit to watch the tape and rank them because here's what happens. Then when those guys populate up to an SEC or a Power 5 program later, everybody's like, well, hey, why is he ranked so low? Then you bump him up, and then the, the G5 school is like, well, wait a minute, he's the same guy. You know, why are we moving up in the rankings now? Of course, you always want to continue to monitor guys and watch their senior performance. Uh, but the reality of it is I don't think he's an 83. I think he got a default rating of 83 once he committed to Memphis and nobody ever revisited it. That's not to say that I expect him to be some difference maker on defense. I, I don't know what to expect from him uh, at this point. But, um, you know, he is now a Mississippi State Bulldog, so we're going to support him. Now, one of my favorite commitments in this class happened today. And, yes, he's rated an 85. And people are going like, oh, Steve. Okay, he leads East Mississippi Community College in tackles. We're talking Marcus Ross here from Scuba Tech. Marcus Ross is not going to make a lot of headlines on signing day. But he is going to make us a better football team. Uh, this is a guy that is just a absolute bundle of energy. This is a guy that will strike you. This is a guy that is ultra productive. He's not Bookie Watson. He's not Jed Johnson. Matter of fact, I would compare him to Dominic Douglas. You remember Dominic Douglas had signed with State out of Hines Kind of an unheralded player, ended up being our starting Mike linebacker. And as a matter of fact, he made the big tackle in the 2007 Egg Bowl against the law firm, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Remember that? Brandon Cooper's shining moment. Brandon Cooper uh, pushes Michael Orr into the backfield, and then Dominic Douglas uh, wraps it up and makes a tackle there. That's who Marcus Ross kind of reminds me of. People always ask for player comps. You know, a, a tall, lean, uh, lengthy, thinner linebacker, if I can get it all out here, 
But Marcus is a guy that loves the game of football. You know, Mike Leach used to always say, be the most excited to play. Go recruit players that need football. Well, Marcus Ross checks both of those boxes. And again, nobody's going to be talking about him on Wednesday and say, oh, what a great get. But I guarantee you this, by the time we get a couple of games into the season, you're going to be glad you have him. This guy's a football player. Is he a difference maker? No. But I think he is going to be a very productive college player. Spoke to him yesterday. Uh, said he was going to make his decision today. Wanted to do the visit story yesterday and the commitment story today. Uh, so you got two stories out of him. Uh, but I think this uh, of all the commitments that we've had over the course of the weekend, Marcus Ross is my favorite. And a matter of fact, Marcus Ross is one of my favorite in the class. When we first offered him, uh, I, I kind of rejoiced a little bit because I'm thinking, you know what, this is a guy ordinarily under most circumstances we would have already offered. When you look at his productivity, this is the kind of guy that we need, especially considering the losses we have at linebacker. You know, for the most part, we're going to replace everybody. You know, and so you see a guy like him, and you start thinking, okay, this is a guy, Buddy Stevens, tends to coach these guys maybe a little harder than most, and he gets a lot out of them. And let's be honest about this too: if you're going to play in the Mississippi Junior College system, more times than not. It is a football-related decision only. It's not just, hey, my academics led me there. Because, listen, all due respect to all of you that live uh, in Scuba, Mississippi, nobody is just moving there for the fun of it. And I know we've got some people that love East Mississippi, and, and that, that university or that community college system has been very good to us. But when you go to Last Chance U, when you show up at East Mississippi – you're showing up there to salvage something of your football career. And there's a reason guys are in junior college. And you look at Marcus Ross as the guy that played at uh, Jeff Davis High School there, County High School, you know, for Lance Mancuso, one of the better coaches in the state of Mississippi. And I don't know that anybody could really argue against that. Of course, now they had to compete against Columbia High School the last couple of years, and you know, so you know how things go there. But when you look at the foundation of this young man, the quality of instruction he got from Coach Mancuso and then Coach Stevens, this is a guy that is going to be fundamentally sound. This is a guy that understands the number one rule in defensive football is to go get the football. And if you don't believe me, just go turn the tape on. This kid is everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And even when he doesn't make the play, he kind of turns the action back towards the teammate so they can make the play. We talk about having an edge and what this defense needs to embody a guy like Marcus Ross does that for you. I think that's an important aspect of every bit of this. You know, it's about getting guys that not only can run and jump and tackle, but we have to have some guys that play with a little bit of an edge. And give me the guy with the more solid foundation. And that's what you have in Marcus Ross. You say, but Stevie, it's just a three-star. So what? And we're going to look back in a few years and say, you know what? Remember Marcus Ross? Yeah, provided that guy stays healthy, he's going to make a great football player at Mississippi State. Again, he's not Buki Watson. He's not going to have that level of production. He's not going to be that guy that's constantly blitzing in the A and B gap. Oh, he'll get there occasionally, but this is a guy that's going to fit gaps for you. This is a guy that's going to make a ton of plays and run support, and he's got the length and speed to get out and cover. I'm telling you, as sure as I'm sitting here, Mississippi State is going to get a great return on their investment and Marcus Ross, provided he stays healthy. It's a young man that's very, very excited. Now, of course, uh, his teammate, Tyler Woodard, uh, tweeted out a graphic today and uh, caused a little bit of uh, a stir among the fans. 
Now, now, here's the thing about Woodard. I interviewed Buddy Stevens earlier this year. Spoke very highly of him. He thinks Tyler Woodard's a guy that's going to be a great fit at Mississippi State. And then last week, Tyler tweeted out a top three. And people are like, how can you have a top three when you're committed? Well, sometimes guys like a little bit of attention. Like to have a little bit of drama here at the end. Of course, he tweets out the day that he's committed. Mississippi State's always been home. I can tell you that all my conversations with Tyler Woodard, and this dates back to when he was in high school. When he committed to Mississippi State, I I saw him at a 7-on-7 camp uh, before he was committed to anybody. And he was, without a doubt, the best defensive player in attendance. And it wasn't close. Uh, State offers him. He ends up not qualifying and going to, um, to East Mississippi. Uh, spent a couple of games at corner because of a team need there. Their best corner quit the team. And uh, they eventually moved him back to safety. And all of a sudden, his production uh, got better because that's what he is. He's the guy that needs to play the football in front of him. He's not a guy that can really flip his hips and run with those uh, speedy receivers outside the numbers. And State's got to get some help at safety. And so I think Tyler Woodard is that guy. This is a guy that State targeted very early in the process. Uh, I did not feel any anxiety when he tweeted out his top three. But this is a guy that would offer some Alabama and Tennessee. And so, you know, there's some people that say, well, I watched the NFL championship game and the East Mississippi defense didn't look very good. What, you're going to judge everybody on one game? You know, I had this discussion earlier today, you know. Uh, I think it's fair to say Ole Miss had a better season than us last year. Uh, they had a terrible game against the University of Georgia. So do you judge the quality of a team or a player on one Saturday? No, you don't. But when you begin to think about meeting needs, we're on our way to doing that. We haven't done it yet, if that makes sense. I think Tyler Woodard is a guy that will come in and compete right away for a starting spot. And I think uh, you know Isaac Smith's a guy, too, that we expect to make a big jump next year and uh, probably be a household name before he's done at Mississippi State, at least around the Southeastern Conference households. Uh, but I think Tyler Woodard is a good get. And, again, you're not going you know, pe- people aren't going to talk a lot about him, uh, but this is a guy that can really play football. Sean Shepard, of course, another guy, too, that uh, Buddy Stevens really high on him. The numbers don't always match the coach's commentary. And I've had some other people around the state say, you know, I really like this kid. I really like him. Uh, and so, you know, We'll see. Is he a difference maker? I don't think so. Matter of fact, I think Ashawn Shepard's probably a solid rotation guy for us. But I think guys like Tyler Woodard and Marcus Ross immediately make us a better football team. Immediately. Uh, and But we've got to add some more guys to them. we still got to do a better job in the trenches. And uh, a few more things we want to talk about as it relates to recruiting. Matter of fact, this show, we're going to uh, work through a lot of things uh, to kind of set the stage uh, for Wednesday. And again, that Wednesday show will be a much later show. All right, time for today's top 10 list. As always, brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C L O S E with Blair, B L A I R.com. Blair Chandler is my friend, your friend, your friend in the mortgage industry. You may have a lot of friends in the industry, but I'm going to tell you, you don't have a better one than Blair Chandler. 22 years of experience, a guy that has seen it all and done it all. Doesn't matter where you're from, what you're about. There's a good chance Blair Chandler can help you when others can't. This is a guy that understands how to navigate through the labyrinth of underwriting, understands how the guidelines work. He'll structure a loan that has a great chance for approval. Uh, pretty awesome. Uh, give him a text or call today at 601-500-2344. Again, 601-500-2344. That's closeofblair.com. Be sure and let him know that you heard about him here on the show. Might even get you a little preferential treatment, right? Uh, but that said, uh, the, the chuckle that you got there was from Roy, 
usually I am uh, when I'm at home I pin the list on my notepad and my handwriting um, is not the best I just kind of say it for what it is I, I can read it most of the time uh, but anyway, I, I took uh, the, today's list in the notes and sent it to Roy. And just as I begin Blair's ad, Roy texts me, wow, nice legible list. Did Dana do this? No, Roy didn't. She didn't do that. Uh, but nevertheless, we've got a good top 10 list together. And uh, pretty eclectic list. Speaking of Dana, she comes in. Uh, you got a shout out from Roy for me having a nice legible list on the show today. So, And she giggles. Uh, Got to watch that. All right. So, you know, we like to, to, it's funny how life works, right? I mean, it's like when you're on top, man, everybody loves you, right? That's how it works. You know, and there's even, even when you're at the top of your game, right? There's people out there that are going to try to discredit you. People are going to say things about you that are untrue. And they feel like the more that they repeat them, the more likely somebody is to believe them. Then all of a sudden, that dissenting voice in the wilderness all of a sudden has a little bit of a wolf pack, right? That's kind of how that works. And uh, they think that they can bring you down. They can't. They'll try to. And so this is kind of what this list is about today. Kind of what it's about today. Number 10 on our list is a great track from years ago. A lot of you guys only know a few songs by the Kinks, but the Kinks were huge, man. The Kinks had a track called David Watts. It's about a real life person. And uh, it was somebody they envied, somebody they wanted to be like. This is a guy that appeared to have kind of this charmed life. And they're thinking, I wish I could be like Dave Watts. And it was covered also by a band called The Jam, but did a pretty good cover version of this. Number nine, another one. And it, it, sometimes you got to remind people of this, right? And anytime we can work in a little Leonard Skinner on the show, it's a good thing too. It's number nine, I Ain't the One from Leonard Skinner. I almost got a t-shirt printed with that on it one time. I just kind of sold it. Not the one. Yeah, that's me. I'm not the one. Number eight, and I got to give uh, my youngest, Ian, credit for turning me on to this. Pretty incredible song, honestly. And uh, it's only about two and two and a half minutes. Rap song with a really chill vibe to it. It's got an acoustic thing to it. It's almost kind of got a little bit of a blues feel to it. And the bass line kicks in. It's a guy named Fresco Trey. He has this great song called Need You, but it's kind of the opposite. You know, it's like, I don't need you. And uh, one of the lyrics that always stands out to me, the very first time that I heard it, and me being a person that works with words a lot, it kind of hit me a little bit harder, right? And uh, it's basically, he's talking to his girlfriend, and he goes, you know, he gave you 100 when he had 100,000. I gave you 20 when all I had was lint in my pocket. You know, those are the kinds of sacrifices you make. You know, when you love somebody, it's one of those things too. There's so much thing about intention. There are a lot of people that give gifts, uh, but um, it's not a big thing for them. But other people that um, really put some time, effort, and thought into it, it's important. Uh, But, you know, like he says, I'll leave you as quick as I met you, right? All right, number seven, great track too. Another song about wishes, you know. A lot of people have wishes. They just don't work hard to make them true. And then they sit on the sidelines and talk about people that that take risk. There are people out there that looked at in the, in the public eye that are doing a, a difficult job. They think, well, I could do that job. And the fact of the matter is they couldn't. They couldn't do it because if they could do it, they would do it. But they're not doing it. So they sit up in the stands and they criticize, you know, players, and coaches. And they criticize people that um, are doing things they're not capable of. They only wish they, they could. Uh, so airplanes, 
from B.O.B. featuring Haley Williams, Laurel, Mississippi's Haley Williams. Uh, number six, one of the more underappreciated songs in the Pink Floyd catalog. It's Green is the Color. Of course, green's the color of envy. You know, people are green with envy. Again, they think, you know what, hey, I could do that. You know, there's nothing. I can tell you this. I don't know how your job is, and I don't profess to ever know your job. Honestly, the only thing that's easy about my job is the way that I make it look sometimes. Kind of like with your parents, right? When you, when you, Before you became a parent, you thought, man, it's, it's all so easy. You know, I'll just eat cake every night for supper and, you know, run around the house with scissors and all that kind of stuff. I'll just do what I'm supposed to do and do it whenever I want to. I'll stay up at 3 in the morning. I'll go buy a Ferrari if I want to. And uh, they make it look all easy. And all of a sudden, you become a parent. You get into a, a relationship, and you understand sometimes you got to take chances, and you got to do some difficult things at times. Uh, it's not easy. And I credit my parents, both both sets of them, for making it look really easy. And and I can say, I think Dana and I probably did a pretty good job of that too. But uh, I think shielding children from adult issues is job number one uh, as an adult. But, uh, again, a lot of people out there uh, love to be able to be you. Uh, number five, and again, kind of keeping with our theme here, one of my favorite songs from a band called The Struts, and many of you love this song and uh, love that band, but it's uh, It Could Have Been Me. And a lot of people think that. You know, I find this song to be very inspirational. You know, like I, you know, These are the things that I want. I'm going to go and make them happen. And I'm going to take some chances, and I'm going to take some risk, and I'm going to work. And uh, one of the things that I've always prided in myself is that nobody's going to outwork me. A lot of people may outtalk me. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of noise out there. A lot of people that will outtalk you. But they're not going to outwork me. They're not going to outproduce me. They're not going to outprofit me. They're just going to outtalk me. It's funny how that works. There's a lot of people that talk a lot of you know what. I do a lot of you know what. All right, number four. One of my favorite songs of all time. From one of my favorite bands of all time. It's uh, Walking in My Shoes from Depeche Mode. And one day I may cover this. Who knows? But Walking in My Shoes come from Songs of Faith and Devotion, an incredible album. It was the follow-up to Violator. It was kind of a breakthrough album for Depeche Mode. Uh, Walking in My Shoes, it talks about that. You'd stumble in my footsteps. That's important to understand, too. Again, there's a lot of people out there. I I think about coaching, right? And and I'm closer to that than most. I was a high school baseball coach. I've coached youth sports, but I've coached uh, games that got scores in the paper. But I know this. I know I'm not the coach that Chris Lamontis is. I know that I'm not the coach that uh, you know Paul Maneri was, or Skip Burpin, or Mike Martin, uh, Mike Leach. You know, it's amazing when we don't know the job, uh, but we have so many strong opinions about things. You know, it's like I even look at kind of what's happening with Jeff Levy right now, right? I mean, everybody was all excited. Well, not everybody. Most everybody was excited. We gets hired, and all of a sudden we're trying to piece this class together, and everybody's like, "Oh, I could do better," but you couldn't. You couldn't. You just think you could. Number three, one of my favorite songs of all time. Again, it's one of my favorite bands of all time. It's Hater from Korn. And one of the things I love about it is, you know, you can't bring me down. My life's already been turned upside down. It's the thing. When you've lost everything, you value everything. And when you when you start with nothing, you appreciate everything. And um, I've shared with you guys before. I mean, when I got out of jail, I had to borrow $200 from my mom to go buy clothes because I had nothing. Absolutely nothing. I wasn't born with a silver spoon. If anything, it was a plastic fork or a spork. You know, we were as broke as the Ten Commandments. And and even the gifts that I was given, you know, I kind of pissed all that stuff away. 
and uh, had to regroup. And um, everything that I have today has come through hard work and uh, the kindness of others. Uh, so you can say and do what you want. doesn't change how I feel about me. Number two, uh, one of my, fa- again, favorite songs from one of my favorite bands of the early 90s, it's Hey Jealousy from the Gin Blossoms. Because, you know, maybe we can ride around this town let the cops chase us around. The past is gone. Maybe something else can be found to take its place. Great song, great lyrics. Doug Hoskins, an absolute genius. Uh, God rest his soul, a tortured musical genius from Jim Blossoms. Kind of made that band what they were. And they never really recovered from his loss. We, t- we talk about that a lot. There's a lot of trivia questions. Hey, what band never recovered from losing a member? And the Jim Blossoms is often lost in that conversation. They had a couple of hits that were carryovers in that second album. But they were never the same. And they're out there now playing Nostalgia. As a nostalgia band, and they're still playing Doug's songs. Of course, they kicked Doug out of the band because he was a, a raving alcoholic, but uh, a musical genius. But number one, probably my favorite song about Jealousy. Uh, going back to the very beginning, to Shake Your Money Maker, it's a Black Crow's Jealous Again. That's kind of how it works, right? You know, people that have the jealous gene, you know, they just continue to be jealous. Instead of uh, motivating themselves to be better, you know, they hope somebody else can knock you off your pedestal. And the problem with that is, is that, you know, the cast of characters continues to grow, but they still never find the champion. You know, it's just like, hey, at some point, this is going to happen. You know, the people always want to see the hero stumble. That's what the cowards do. They want to see the hero stumble. So they can say, aha, he's not any better than me, even when he is. That's how, that's how life work, works. You know, everybody's got haters. If you don't have haters, you've never accomplished anything in life. That's just how it works. And so we dedicate this list to them today because uh, I think it's important for everybody to understand that uh, it doesn't matter what you achieve in life. It doesn't matter what you accomplish, what you possess. Uh, no matter how you feel about yourself, you're going to have people out there that are going to dislike you for no reason at all. And they'll just find a different topic. They'll find something else. And say, well, they didn't do this and didn't do that. Even if you did, even if you did do it, they're going to find a way to make it negative and kind of turn it back on you. It's the truth. And uh, again, my dad told me the night I graduated high school, my dad told me this. I've never forgotten this. Is that success will make you more enemies than anything else. And it's true. It's true. You can be mediocre and then kind of fly under the radar. You know, it's just kind of like nobody ever talks trash about Vandy and football, right? Because they're safe. You're not threatened by them, you know, but the people that you're threatened by and the teams you're threatened by, well, you want to pick them apart. You want to tear them down. Like we have some people in our fan base that are terrified of Ole Miss. And so as a result, they're constantly looking at things and constantly jumping on things in relation to Ole Miss to try to tear them down and slow them down. And the reality is the number one way to get that done is to beat them. You beat them and nothing else really matters. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. I love Campus Bookmart. You should, too. And I tell you, they have, uh, they've renovated. You know, they've moved the bully shop upstairs. When I was there signing books on Saturday, a lot of people were walking around and said, man, it's changed since I've been here. They started to go downstairs and realize that everything is upstairs now. Uh, tremendous selections. So if you're looking for some last-minute gifts for Bulldog fans and your family, and we're a week away from Christmas, Mom, in case you've forgotten. We're a week away. Uh, reach out to Campus Bookmart on campusbookmart.net. If you're looking for my books, they have all six titles there. I have signed copies of everything. Uh, that's not the only reason you go there. You go there for the Mississippi State merch, but you can also improve your reading selection 
by shopping at Campus Bookmart. And we'll give you a phrase that pays by being a lawyer boneyard listener. Yeah. Go to campusbookmart.net and use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 bones, absolutely incomplete. That's campusbookmart.net. Promo code BSR. All right, let's talk about some other names that we're tracking. Some other names that uh, you should be somewhat mindful of. Keaton Thomas, I spoke to him on Sunday now, this time last week, he wasn't even sure if he was going to make a visit to Mississippi State. Now, here's what I would say, too. A lot of people have been critical about Mississippi State being so committed to the junior college ranks this year when it comes to recruiting. I think it's kind of an under-recruited talent pool, to be honest with you. Uh, but Keaton Thomas took an official visit the weekend before to Baylor and committed there and thought he was done. Spoke with his parents over the course of the week. Mississippi State was still very interested in bringing him in for a visit. They expressed that to him. He took the visit. And now he's confused, which is what your job is as a recruiter. You want to make sure that you're making them second-guess their decision. He tells me that he will likely have a decision on Tuesday, at the latest Wednesday. uh, But he's not sure. He's not sure. And so, again, he goes in a week's time from... I'm not even sure if I'm going to visit Mississippi State to I may pick and sign with Mississippi State. And with our losses at linebacker, if you add Keaton Thomas, it's just, it's simply like getting a guy from the portal, just a lot less expensive, right? Uh, but if you were to you know create a player, I know many of you have played the NCAA college football game or the Madden game and you create a player, it would look something like Keaton Thomas. This is a guy that is a big-time player. Played at Northeast Mississippi Community College. He's out of Jacksonville, Florida originally. This would be a good get. Be another guy similar to Marcus Ross you could be excited about. Now, again, they're not going to be Bookie Watson in year one. They're not going to be Jet Johnson. It doesn't mean they're not going to be productive players. Uh, And so when you start begin to work through all this, you begin to realize there is some value in junior college recruiting. And talking to some of our junior college coaches around the state, it's more difficult for them to get their guys looked at. Because now people are like, well, I'll just go get a kid out of the portal. They got, you know, one or two years of Division One experience. Even if they weren't players, they've been in a program. They've been in a culture. They've been in a college weight room. But there are some exceptions. I think Keaton Thomas is one of them. If we don't get him, I think it's going to be a loss. I really do. If you get him, I think it's a great addition to this class and a great addition to this roster. And, again, I don't care what he's ranked. I don't care what his options look like. I think that he is a guy that can do some big things at Mississippi State. And considering our needs at linebacker, uh, it makes sense to pursue a player like him. Uh, Kelly Akari, and uh, there's been a lot of discussion about this. Uh, Our Matt Zenitz, 247 Sports National Desk, came out after the visit and said, hey, the expectation is that Kelly Akari is going to transfer to Mississippi State. Now, that, that upset some people. It did. And, and to be honest with you, I don't know why it upset some people. They're like, oh, why are we stealing his moment? Well, here's the reality of that. It's like when we at Gene's Page, if we control the story, like if a player tells us something in confidence, we keep the confidence, And it's one of the things that I have shared many times with many people at Mississippi State. If if you want to control the flow of information, then you must then be 
the flow of information. Because if something is learned independently, it's going to get reported. And that's not necessarily by us. There are people in the national media. I mean, just think about all the coaching search stuff we just went through and all the staffing stuff. You don't think some things got out before the university was ready, right? And, and that's what happens, too. Like, Matt Zenitz is a guy, too, that, that used to work for a competing network. Before that, he worked for the Al.com group. And uh, Matt Zenitz was a guy that uh, was really a burr in the saddle for us because if we weren't reporting portal information, he was generally beating us to the punch. And it, it sucked. I'm just going to lay it out for you. So the day that we hired him, I found out that we hired him about two weeks before it became official. So I waited until it was officially announced, and I called Matt. And I said, hey, Matt, I'm happy to work with you instead of against you because uh, it's clear you have some really good sources. He's also a little more conservative than most. And uh, so I want to defend him a little bit there. I can assure you this. If Matt Zenitz is reporting something, he either A, got it from the player themselves, B, got it from a coach, whether it be a coach at his departing school or his incoming school, C, that he talked to a parent, or perhaps D, he spoke to an agent and or an NIL agent. And there are a lot of those people out there that want to get that information out there. And so there are some people, they're like, hey, well, this shouldn't have been reported. You know, how is it different than anything else? I mean, I'll give you a good example, Kyle McClendon, right? Uh, so Kyle McClendon did two interviews before he tweeted his commitment graphic. He spoke to a competing network. He spoke to me. He told both of us, according to reports, that he was committed to Mississippi State. And we all wrote our stories before he tweeted out the graphic. He was excited. He was ready to go. And so how is that situation different? It's like, oh, well, you know, they stole his moment. You know, well, if we have guys, and it happens all the time, they're like, hey, I know what I wanted to do, but I don't want to publicize the decision just yet. i, I give you a good example. Elijah Cannon, uh, you know, out of, uh, out of South Florida, Florida Atlantic commitment, uh, informed me on Sunday or Saturday. I've made my decision Sunday. I've made my decision, but I'm not ready to publicize it. And so we write a story, and then we hold that story to keep that promise. If we give our word to somebody that we're going to hold a story, we do. That's what we do. It's the right thing to do, period. And there are some other people out there that would suggest because they didn't get to break the news that perhaps uh, that we broke a commitment. But the reality of it is, is that we hold our word. We do. All that understood, if we learn something independently, we're going to report it. We are in the news business. This is not the Boy Scouts. You don't think that we reported a lot of things that uh, some candidates connected to the Mississippi State job didn't want out there? It's true, right? And so what is our burden there? Are we just supposed to wait and post reaction when the news is officially released by a university? Is that what we're supposed to do? Well, we're not going to, and that's not what you pay us for. You pay us for inside information. You pay us to know what we're hearing. We get on the phone and we call agents and we call friends in the coaching profession and we call sources on campus to try to get you guys information. That's what you pay us for. And that's a job that we take a lot of pride in doing. And there are going to be some times that perhaps that upsets some people. 
I, I give you a good example. The Jamie Chadwell situation. There were some people that simply couldn't let that go. I wanted Jamie Chadwell too. I thought in the beginning, hey, this guy makes perfect sense for us. I think this is an offensive system within our normal recruiting footprint that we can, we can replicate. So it made perfect sense. The very first phone call that I made about Jamie Chadwell is that he wasn't interested. Then I had somebody else say, hey, don't give up on this just yet. So what I reported is that his interest was measured and people lost their minds. Because it didn't go along with their selected narrative. Somebody else tells you what you want to hear, so you block it all out. It's like we want to live in an echo chamber. Well, la, 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 la. If I don't hear what I want to hear, then I don't want to hear anything else. Guys, Jamie Chadwell was never going to be our coach. And it's time to let that go. Period. And so as that thing began to evolve and uh you know there was so much noise and chatter out there among some people in the national and regional media we had to continue to address it even though we had proof proof that he wasn't interested in the job it's irresponsible to ignore it because you can't ever just assume you know everything you got to think to yourself you know what maybe i'm not talking to all the right people maybe somebody knows something that i don't know But he wasn't going to be our coach. And as this thing began to linger on and linger on and the rumors didn't go away, there were some people connected to Jamie Chadwell that got really, really, really upset. As a matter of fact, I got a phone call about it and said, hey, where does this stuff keep coming from? And I said, well, it's not just one source. It's out there. You know, there's a lot of people that are saying that there's still something to this. And so, you know, we're not out of here pushing that, but we also can't ignore it. And so when things are out there, we we have to, we have to address it. It'd be one thing if everybody's just kind of sitting around waiting for, you know, the news to break and you're just sitting on your story. You know, we went through that with the Tudorgate scandal. You know, we had all our stories ready. We went through that with Joe Moorhead's termination. We had our stories ready to go. When Mike Leach passed away, we knew that he passed away the night before it was announced. We were going to respect the family's decision, so we held the story until the, the, the family could make a statement, which is what should have happened. We allowed that to happen. But there are a lot of people out there that's like, hey, well, you know, I don't really agree with this. There's a lot of things that happen in life I don't agree with. But I think, I think one of the things that we get down to is it's not the fact that the news gets broken. I think some people are butthurt over who's breaking the news. You know, we have people within our industry, and I don't necessarily mean on the Mississippi State side, although it's very competitive. You know, we have respect for our competitors. Even if we're not all friends, we still respect how hard everybody works. But the reality of it is this. We have people in a very competitive industry that are always, always, always trying to beat us. And we're trying to beat them too. And sometimes things get a little messy. And sometimes that hurts people's feelings. And then somebody else will get on a message board and they'll write something that's completely false and inaccurate because things didn't go the way they thought they should. But they get on social media and they spread this nonsense and they say, oh, this is what really happened. And they don't even know. 
They just kind of make it up because of the fact that they're upset because their chosen media person didn't break news. And that's fine, too. And I assume if you're listening to the show, you'd hope that we would break it. Uh, but the reality of it is this Kelly Akari thing is, uh, you know, it's gotten a little bit complicated now that Auburn's offered. But the latest information that I have today is that he's still in. May make a visit to Auburn and uh, figure some things out. And you never like that. I mean, if guys are in, you want them to go ahead and make the announcement. But, again, uh, players that are in the transfer portal are not bound by the NCAA signing calendar. They just have to enroll. So this is something that there's still some things that have got to un- unfold. But if you think for one second, because Matt Zenitz reported something, that it changes the trajectory of somebody's recruiting, you're kidding yourself. Absolutely kidding yourself. I'd also remind you, too, that uh, Stonka Burnside and Daniel Hill, we do expect them to sign with their school of choice uh, this week. We expect that. Now, that's not a guarantee. They could always say, you know what, I'm just going to wait and do it in February. They have that right. But we do expect them to sign in December. And then they'll announce their all-star games. That's January 3rd, January 6th, uh, respectively. Stanka on the 3rd, and then uh, Daniel Hill on the 6th. And again, all of the uh, the newspaper stuff is going to be about what happens on Wednesday, right? And that's uh, every, everybody's going to report these are where the classes are. Of course, there's still going to be you know, some more news, but the casual fan won't pay attention to that. And so that's important to understand too. So uh, I believe State's still in good shape with both players, but, uh, you know, nothing's done. You know, we went through this recently with Deontay Anderson, right? Same situation. He was announced at the U.S. Army game, or the All-American Bowl, excuse me, and Mississippi State had the paperwork in hand. It had already been ratified. It was already on file with the NCAA. And then everybody allowed him to have his moment. We let him announce on national television. And then the university had the official release of his signing. He didn't sign that day. He had already signed. And so we expect a similar situation to unfold with Daniel Hill and Stonka Burnside. And that's not going to stop a million questions on Wednesday. What about Stonka? What about Daniel Hill? Have they signed with anybody? It's not going to be made public until they make it public at those national all-star games. It's important to understand that. And then there's going to be people, hey, what about how come our transfers didn't sign? And I don't say that out of aggravation, but in hopes of educating. The transfers do not sign a national letter of intent. I think they should. I think it allows them to go ahead and end the process and begin to kind of make some plans so they can unofficially do that now. But I think if you allow them to go ahead and sign, you know, it cuts down on the phone calls and, and the in-home visits and things like that. And of course, the dead period is here, and the dead period applies to everybody. No in-person recruiting. And so that's part of my rub in the whole thing. Is like, especially with these transfer guys, if, um, if you're going to hold them to a different calendar, then the normal rules shouldn't apply. Or the rules should apply to everybody. Simple as that. And that's one of the discussions that the, uh, the National Letter of Intent, the NIL board, is discussing now. Is now that the recruiting process has evolved, do we have the transfer prospects sign a national letter of intent? Do we have a special signing period for them? That's Those things are kind of working out. Now, the problem with that is, is that, you know, what happens for these guys that go into the transfer portal after their bowl games? Maybe they wanted to play in the bowl game, have one more game with their friends, and then go in the portal. 
If you go in the portal before then, you still have the option to play, provided your coach is okay with it. But it can be a complicated matter. And again, it's something that people have to discuss and kind of push through. I mentioned Elijah Cannon earlier. Uh, Elijah Cannon, of course, uh, was really excited about Mississippi State and about taking his visit. And uh, it's just taking some time to figure some things out here uh, as, as things kind of progress. Uh, but that's another guy that could be added to the class. There's no, there's no question about that. He could be. And uh, the Jaden Lewis thing is still interesting to me. I, I would take him. I, I would. I love the kid's game. He didn't visit this weekend. He's not exactly sure what's going to happen at this point. Uh, but he, I believe, has the ability to be a big-time player. Uh, real quickly, kind of looking back, uh, some other names out there, just so you're aware of it, Jaquan Bolden is a guy that uh, committed to Purdue and surprised everybody. Uh, that's another guy, too, that Mississippi State is still pursuing. So I wouldn't totally rule him out uh, when it came to a surprise later in the process. Um, but let's look at the uh, the guys that we do expect to sign. You know, the, we, we mentioned the high school guys and uh, junior college guys that have recently taken visits. But, um, you know, as it stands today, this is where the Mississippi State class ranks. And there's been some adjustments uh, with some final rankings. And so, again, it's ne- it's never enough, right? I mean, we never feel like it's enough. But uh, Mississippi State's class currently ranked 35th uh, in the country, 35th. And, again, if we finish in the top 30, I think we've done really well. And I think Jeff Levy and the staff should be commended if you're able to pull that off. Uh, but, again, nobody expected this to be a highly rated class once we had to undergo a coaching change. Reminder, and I wrote this article several weeks ago now, you know, we talk about talent. You know, the three teams with the worst transfer rate in the Southeastern Conference in the transfer portal era are Mississippi State, Auburn, and Tennessee. Tennessee had to have an NCAA investigation in order for them to get down there. And the commonality between State and Auburn is both schools made multiple coaching changes during the transfer portal period. And now we've made third. We hold the SEC standard three coaching changes in the NCAA transfer portal era. And so to expect, you know, Jeff Lebino's guys to come in and be able to bail us out of that immediately is probably asking a bit much. I have a lot of faith in Jeff Lebby and the staff. Uh, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if there's some questionable takes at this point. Yeah, you better believe it. You better believe it, but that's the landscape in which we live. This headset's driving me crazy. All right, so here are the guys we expect to sign that we're, you know, that are – I've already announced. Jimothy Lewis, of course, offensive lineman from IMG. Uh, he took the official visit to Mississippi State. Did not officially visit anywhere last weekend. Uh, so we expect him to sign. He is your highest rated uh, high school commitment for Mississippi State. Committed to state way back in June, back on June 24th. Uh, pretty big news when he did, and State's been able to hang on to him, despite that so many people uh, suggested right after that he committed that there was no way State would hang on to him. And now here we are two hours away, two two days away from NIFL signing day, and he remains committed to Mississippi State. Uh, J.J. Harrell out of North Panola, a four-star wide receiver, committed back on June 20th. Uh, we, you know, no real drama with him. And, again, once he committed, there were a lot of people that said there's no way that State hangs on to him, but State has. As a matter of fact, he has probably been State's most loyal commitment throughout this by not just maintaining his loyalty to state, but helping to recruit others to come to Mississippi State. 
Uh, of course, the quarterback, Michael Van Buren, former Oregon commitment, committed last weekend, and then again went public with that because he wanted to ensure that uh, he was a drawing card. To, uh, because that's the thing. A lot of these people want to know who's going to be the quarterback, who's going to be the quarterback. And, of course, Van Buren on campus with Daniel Hill, Stonka Burnside, J.J., Fat Clark, the whole crew. Uh, Mario Craver out of uh, Clay Chalkville High School. Uh, another guy that uh, was expected to commit to Mississippi State prior to Zach Arnett's termination and uh, held the course, loves Mississippi State. San Frisco McGee, a guy that was leaning to Mississippi State, recently upgraded in the uh, in the rankings to 89 from an 87. Uh, and, th- and that's good. And I think he had a good showing last week. Terrence Hibbler also got a slight bump up to 88. That's not enough for me. I think he should be a 90. I think he and Cam Franklin are the most game-ready Um defensive lineman in the state i do really believe a lot in him tj lockhart also goes up to an 88 uh, had a good week last week fred clark up to an 88 from an 85 uh, xavier gayton also an 88 but the, all these guys are expected to sign on wednesday jacory whited actually dropped from 89 to 88 uh, you know i'm not real happy about that but it is what it is and then uh, Tyler Woodard, Brandon Jennings from Hines Community College, Ashawn Shepard, Johnny Daniels from Colin. Uh, Matt Mayfield remains committed to Mississippi State. We don't expect him to sign on Wednesday unless something changes. And there's Luke Work, of course. We're hoping Luke will get a bump late in the Tennessee rankings because of the uh, a good game or a good week out there uh, at the um, at the All-American game in Frisco, Texas. Kyle McClendon, our newest commitment, 85. Marcus Ross and 85. Cyrus uh Reyes and 83, and again, I've told you my thoughts on that. Um, Suleiman Paca gets his transfer rating today as an 84. Out of high school, he was 84.67. Uh, Trey Wright, his tra- his uh, transfer rating in 84, he was an 83.78. Out of high school, Cam Ball, Justin Ball have not been rated. McKaylin Pounders actually goes up. In high school, he was an 85.56. Composite, now he's an 87. Ethan Miner, big jumper for him. In high school, he was a 76. Now he's an 88. Kedrick Bingley-Jones was a four-star, a consensus four-star, a 93. Now he's an 83. And a lot of that's been because of the fact that he just hadn't had a lot of production in college. And Blake Shapin was an 86.4 in high school, and he's an 87. So I think in the end, State got most of what we expected or should have gotten in the rankings. The Hibbler thing still kind of sticks with me. I just don't, I don't think that that's uh, – that's fair, uh, kind of how it all kind of breaks down in the end. I, I think Terrence Hibbler has been undervalued by most people uh, in this industry, and I think he's done a good job, and, and he's an All-American. And, and it's a thing you think about, too. I, I, I think about this all the time. They decided he wasn't good enough to play in a Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game, but he was able to play in an All-American game. Uh, not being critical of our coaches, but uh, to me that seemed like a very easy decision. Don't know what all went behind that, because some of the guys that played in that game, I can promise you, are not as uh, – as talented as Terrence Hibbler. Uh, but that's, as of today, that's who we expect. And, of course, they're, we're hanging out for a few more commitments. Uh, you know, um, Mar- uh, Marlon Mar- Martinez or Martinez, depending on where you, you live in this part of the country, um, from LSU was another guy that we're watching some potential transfer. Uh, took a late visit to state just before the dead period ended. But, uh, again, he's not bound by the uh, December signing calendar, so we don't expect him uh, to sign because he can't, but uh, he could announce at any point. But um, again, we'll see what happens with Keaton Thomas. We'll see what happens with 
Cannon. There's a couple other guys we kind of got our eyes on. We'll see how things progress uh, with every bit of that. But um, in the end, and I want to go over these state rankings in the end, in the final segment of the show, I just want you to be prepared. Uh, I think state has a chance uh, to move into the top 30 and then potentially, potentially, when it's all said and done in February, to be right there around 25. And that would be remarkable. But again, I, my honest expectations, you end up somewhere in the 20s. And I think being top 30 would be huge for the staff uh, and for this program. And people are like, yeah, but so-and-so is doing this, guys. We got to focus on what we got to do. We're behind a few programs. We're behind years, some of these programs. We're not in a position that we can cherry pick the portal. And and here's the thing, too, and, and maybe I'm just the one to say it. People always say that I sugarcoat things, which is complete BS. But when you think about this, take the maroon and white glasses off for a second. You got one year left to play. It's kind of like the Paul Skeens factor. I got one year left to play. I can go to Mississippi State that's in a rebuild, or I can go somewhere else. Uh, where I'm expected uh, to win and win big. I got a chance to get to a New Year's Six game, maybe get to the playoff. That's a challenge that your coaches are facing right now. And people would say, well, just spend whatever you have to. Well, that's irresponsible. Then you go out and spend the bulk of your your NIL war chest on players that are one-year players that uh, you're going through. Maybe you go 75 next year, and then they're gone and you got to replenish them, and you don't have the resources to do it. It's a very challenging situation for our coaches. And I'm going to defend them in that respect, and I'll take whatever criticism comes my way. They're not playing with the same hand that many of our SEC contemporaries are, and it's important to understand that, and I think it's not fair to judge them through the same lens, especially when they've only been on a job, some of them a week. It's true. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Go check out the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Just go Google it. Their Facebook page will come up. You can kind of give yourself a virtual tour, and you can see what's available to you. Five bedrooms at the great fire pit area out back. It's off the beaten paths. You've got some peace and quiet. If you're bringing a large group to Starkville, instead of going out and, and renting five hotel rooms, and you never know who stayed in there before you, it's true. You never know the condition of the rooms. You don't know it's going to be difficult to keep up with everybody. Why not put everybody under one roof? So whether it's a work group or a family group, or maybe just to get together with friends, give the Stark Vegas Clubhouse a chance to serve you. Book through the Evolve website, and we can save you a little money. Now, if you book through Airbnb or one of those other ones, you're kind of on your own. But if you book through the Evolve website, and when you Google, it'll all come up together, we can save you some money. Promo code BSR10. Gets you 10% off your stay. Nobody else doing that for you. Only us here at the Boneyard. I want to thank our friends at Stark Vegas Clubhouse. It's five minutes from campus. What could be better? Uh, come back and have the whole family uh, together under one roof. You can eat together. You can dine together. And that's one big benefit, too. You get this great full-service kitchen. You got the wet bar. So instead of you having to go out to eat, you can go buy some groceries and save a little money. And everybody can cook together and just have a great experience in Stark Vegas at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. All right, let's go through these final state rankings. The final state rankings are done. And uh, let's just kind of see where the chips fell. I mean, you know, hold my hand here. It's not going to be pretty in some respects. 
You know, I didn't get everything I wanted. I never do. Nor should I, right? I'm just happy to have a seat at the table and have a chance to talk to people. And uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, when I was with Scout, you know, we had to send in a list every month, every single month. And it wasn't just ranking the players. Like I had to, uh, you know, say, hey, give some transparency. When I saw this player, did I get new film? Did I see him at a camp? Did I go watch him play on a Friday night? And many of these guys, by the time the end of the year was over, I had seen them five or six times. And so you always felt like, okay, you've got a pretty good consensus of where these guys uh, should rank rather than just where they're going. There are a lot of people out there that count offers. I'm, I'm not one of those people because I know that there are a lot of offers that get claimed that are non-existent. And so I share that with you because I think I think what we've got right now is uh, I think 247 is doing a better job with these rankings. Uh, the number one player in the state as of right now, and this will be how the rankings finish, is William Eccles from Houston, Mississippi. He was a mid-level three-star early on. And then things really got rolling for him. I still think he's an offensive lineman. I may prove to be incorrect. He had a really good game Saturday as a defensive lineman. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know everything about these players. But I'll tell you, I think William Eccles is a guy that is an interior offensive lineman. Can probably play football for a long time. But uh, he is your 247 Sports composite number one player in Mississippi for the 2024 recruiting cycle. Number two is Jamonte Waller. Had a chance to see him last week. He's committed to Auburn. You know, he originally committed to Florida and uh, was a guy that, you know, State was on pretty early, and then, you know, things just didn't come to fruition. But uh, I'm not exactly sure, you know, where he fits position-wise. That's well-documented. Cam Franklin uh, in the composite is the number three player in the State. I like him, Kamari on Franklin. I know some people Saturday – now, we're kind of critical of some of his play. I thought he showed enough flashes on Saturday to make you feel really good about him as a player. Needs a year in the weight room and uh, got to learn to play a little bit better pad level. But I think his ceiling is really high. And I'll be honest with you, if you if I had to pick between these three players, I'm picking Kamari on Franklin. I'm, I'm talking between Eccles, Waller, and Franklin. I think Franklin has a true position and has the physicality and the measurables to play his projected position at a high level. That's just my opinion. All right, your number four player is Daniel Hill. I recently crystal balled Daniel Hill to Mississippi State. Unless somebody talks me out of that between now and Wednesday, that's where it will remain. Jeffrey Rush, number five in the composite. I'm not a big Jeffrey Rush fan. I've talked about that before. And the fact that, like, Conan Daniels and Nareel White are right there around him is, is a problem for me. Nareel White – uh, tease the other day that he was decommitting from Ole Miss. Not exactly sure what's going on with him. Did have a chance to see him uh, at the Mississippi Alabama All Star practice, and he moves around really well. And uh, I'm a Conan Daniels fan, to be honest with you. Conan Daniels at number six is way too low for me. I, I would have Conan Daniels in the top five, uh, probably in the top three, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I don't think the real White is the number seven player in the state. Now, 247, we have him at the 11. I think that's probably right, but he's number seven in the composite. We have Cam Beavers, I think, too high, too, especially after watching him. He's listed at 305. He's closer to 260, uh, but you're number eight player. Number nine player is Tristan Jernigan, currently committed to Texas A&M. We're expecting him to potentially flip to Alabama, which could actually help Mississippi State with Daniel Hill, right? Uh, Stonka Burnside is your number 10 player. Expected him to be a Bulldog. J.J. Harrell to number 11. That's the thing, like this no real white thing. 
Is Noriel White a better wide receiver than Stonka Burnside or J.J. Harrell? I ask you that question. I don't think that he is, and I think he ends up playing defensive back on the next level. I don't think he's a top ten player. Not saying he's a bum by any stretch of the imagination. The kid's got some speed. Uh, he's got some stuff to him. He does. Uh, a guy that I have thought was undervalued throughout this entire process has finally moved up, and that's Isaiah Autry. Having a chance to see him in Mississippi, Alabama All-Star practice, he's the first guy you look at and say, you know what, that guy looks like a big-time guy. And then you see how well he moves around, even for a guy his size. I think Oklahoma got a really good player. And uh, I'd love if State could pull off a late flip. I'm not expecting it. But, man, I was really impressed with him this week. Uh, Alex Foster, a guy that uh, committed to Baylor and might actually be flipping to Texas. And this is a guy that Mississippi State could have got early in the process. And uh, we ultimately decided to take Tyler Carter instead of Alex Foster. And then we ultimately move on from Tyler Carter, and now Alex Foster may be headed to Texas. Anthony Maddox, uh, 14th player in the state, recently flipped from A&M to Ole Miss. And uh, I don't know that he's a quarterback on the next level. I think he's an athlete. Uh, but we'll see. San Francisco McGee moves up to the number 15 player uh, in the state. Uh, probably a good decision. I like him a lot. He's ahead of P.J. Woodland. P.J. dropped recently. And that's another thing, too. A lot of people are so critical about about this whole thing. With uh, Well, they, they, they move up. P.J. Woodland committed to LSU and actually moved down in the rankings. So let's go ahead and kind of kill that narrative. Uh, Terrence Hibbler moves up uh, to number 17. And uh, – He's a guy, too, that I think, again, it's not just 247. I think there are a lot of people that have undervalued this kid. When I went and watched him play against Gentry, Anthony Gentry, it took him about a quarter to get going. And so I thought about that. I said, you know, if you're an evaluator just watching film with this guy, your first impression's probably not very good. And then all of a sudden in the second quarter, Terrence Hibbert takes over the football game. I mean, absolutely takes over the game and continued to assume control of the game the remainder of the game. So he may not be a quick starter, but this is a guy when the game on the line has played really well. T.J. Lockhart moves up into the top 20, now 18, and he brings uh, Fred Clark with him. Fred now 19th. Uh, Julius Pope, a uh, tremendous drop in the rankings. Guy that committed to Arkansas early. Not exactly sure what's going to happen with him. I don't know if Arkansas is going to stick with him. A great young man uh, is Juju Pope. And uh, Mississippi State could have flipped him uh, some time ago. And it's interesting, too, that uh, he's listed as a linebacker, but he has been recruited as a running back. Uh, But Juju now number 20, and uh, he was the guy very early on that was in the top 10 or right there at the top 10. Uh, Xavier Gate in 21, I think he's undervalued, and that's fine. I think a lot of it's because people aren't exactly sure from a projected position standpoint that's where he should be. Uh, Damian Miller is a guy I still think State should have taken. And um, I'll, I'll ride that all the way to the end, okay? And I think three years we're going to look back and wish we would have taken him. And I'm not going to say any names or point anything out or be critical of any of the guys that we took, but I like Damian Miller better than some of the guys we've taken. And this is a guy right down the road at Port Gibson, Mississippi, that wanted to be here. And, of course, you got a new staff that comes, comes in, doesn't have the benefit of an earlier relationship. They don't have an opportunity to see him in camp. So I understand that aspect of it. There's only so much you can do. I think Damian Miller at 24 is a guy that we're going to look at in a couple of years and say, how in the world do we let that guy go? 
Uh, Patrick Brumfield committed to Ole Miss. He drops in the rankings, too. He's down to 26. Uh, Trey Petty is a guy I, I still – I think he's a little undervalued at 86, to be honest with you. Um, but looked good last week. And um, probably a guy that deserves maybe a little more hype, for sure. That's just my personal opinion. Maybe you see things differently. And Kyle McClendon debuts at number 33 in the state. Uh, former Ole Miss commitment Jeremy Scott's down to 35. Another guy, too, I think is Sunderwood undervalued is Michael Johnson. But I'll be honest with you, after seeing him at Mississippi-Alabama All-Star practices, he wasn't quite as impressive as I hoped he would be. You watch the highlight film, he does blow you away. You look at it and say, you know what, this guy could be a receiver. This guy's a real dude. Doesn't have a very developed lower half, and that's something that can be addressed. But um, wish he'd have been a little bit better. Uh, to be quite honest with you. Chris Davis drops all the way to 40th. Uh, the that's, Again, didn't have a great week at camp, I thought, uh, but uh, and also a little bit smaller than I expected to. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with him and Stanford. Is he, is he end up in the portal? Uh, I, I think he is one of those fringe, you know, power five guys. But, uh, again, state rankings now finally complete. And, uh, again, I don't agree with everything, and that's probably a good thing. Right, it's probably a good thing because uh, everybody's got to have a, a say, or at least I think everybody deserves to be heard. And obviously, I spent more time on the road this year than I have uh, the last couple of years. I used to go to ball games every Friday night, and then um, there was a time I went every Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. And uh, if Mississippi State was playing on the road, sometimes I'd go down in New Orleans and take in two games uh, down there and go see players. But uh, more time on the road this year, and, and I'm going to do my best to always be an advocate, not just for kids that are going to Mississippi State. That's one of the things that, that I – and I know most of you wish I'd be a bigger homer. It's so funny. You know, people are like, oh, Steve just sugarcoats everything. But why doesn't Steve fight harder for our kids? I fight harder for the kids that I see and I believe are undervalued, like Terrence Hibbler, right? Terrence Hibbler just so happened to be committed to Mississippi State and was undervalued. Trey Petty commits to Illinois. I think he's undervalued. Damian Miller commits to Southern Miss. I think he's undervalued. And so I just want to be right. And, and Scott Kennedy told me years ago, he said, well, you know what you do, Steve? He goes, even when you lose these arguments, these discussions, you come back in a few years later and you write the article, I told you so, right? Well, I like being able to say I told you so, but even within my own network, I would rather say that privately, right? But there's some guys out there that have that have impressed me over the years. And some other guys, too, that, that have done better than I expected. I mean, probably one of the biggest misses I ever had was Jamie Collins. And a lot of it's just because you just don't know where to project them. I mean, I went and watched him play a playoff game against Southeast Lauderdale. and He was a great athlete, but he didn't have the foot speed to play safety. Do you put him at wide receiver? I don't know. Well, next thing you know, you know, he goes to Southern Miss, he bulks up, gets in that strength and conditioning program and explodes and then plays uh, a lot of pro football, right? There's a bunch of those guys. And um, you know, there's a handful of those guys, you know, you know, that have been just great college players like Mark McLaurin. You know, Mark is a guy that didn't, wasn't the best in coverage. And you said, but Steve, he won, three, uh, won the MVP of the Gator Bowl when he picked off Lamar Jackson three times, and that's true. And a lot of that's instinct instinctive play but it's also coaching but he was the guy from the very beginning I had in my top 10 and there were so many people at scout were like what is it you love about this kid I said just watch the tape 
just watch the tape. Forget the offer sheet. Just watch the tape. And I think that's one of the things where I have such a, a disconnect with people that evaluate because they say, well, Alabama offered this kid, so he must be great. Well, I've seen Alabama offer several kids in Mississippi they had no plans to take. They were just people. It was basically a glorified invitation to camp, and all of a sudden that Alabama offer just rides their profile all the way to the end. And I don't think Nick Saban cares about the local paper saying, oh, well, he picked this school over Alabama. I mean, Nick will just keep racking up championships. But I think you understand my point. When you start counting offers, you get in trouble. And I think I've shared this story with you guys before. That's probably 10, 15 years ago. I got tipped about uh, this is when um, you know State was recruiting the Midwest pretty hard during a guy holiday, and we'd offer those kids in Indianapolis. And there was a kid that uh, was claiming offers from Ohio State, Notre Dame, and had an offer from Mississippi State. And uh, so somebody said, hey, I, I got the little email and said, hey, this kid's claiming a new offer from Mississippi State. Do you mind doing an update on a profile? So I called this kid. He's claiming like 35 offers, right? And so I was like, I asked this coach to send me his film. This is back before we had huddle because I'm an old guy. And uh, so I get the DVD, and this is his highlight film, and uh, he was terrible. I mean, he, I mean, he had like feet of concrete, man. I mean, he couldn't move at all. And so I upload the video, and I call our Big Ten evaluator, and I called Alan True, who's my friend, and I said, Alan, listen, go watch this video. And he's like, okay, well, who is this? I said, man, this kid's claiming off for some Ohio State, Notre Dame, and everything else. The kid signed with Southeast Missouri. And so I share that with you because not everything that is reported on these profiles or social media is correct. There are a lot of kids out there that have people in their ears, their mentors or whoever. And uh, there are a lot of people that say, oh, if it's on social media, it's got to be true. He's claiming an Alabama offer. But then when you dig into it, you find out it's not always the case. And there's a lot of people out there that are these street agents just telling these kids, hey, it's okay. Say you've got this offer. Because the hope is, is like, hey, if they claim they got offers from Mississippi State and Ole Miss, then maybe Southern Miss will take a look. And then when State and Ole Miss don't take the kid, then Southern Miss can get him. And so there's a little bit of a shell game that some people play with these kids and what they feel like is helping them. I think it's all disingenuous. But um, just be mindful of that when you read all these press releases on Wednesday that, hey, you know, Southern Miss or Memphis or whoever beat Tennessee and LSU for these kids. Uh, and it's a, per, it's a rarity when they do it. And so I just share that with you kind of as a little traveling tip. Hey, listen, if you hadn't done so, go to windthebottomfalls.com. If you have ordered from the website up and through to, up until today, your order has been shipped. Uh, there, there was a little bit of a delay, of course, when uh, the guys running distribution were, were out of town for, for about a week. But uh, everything's been shipped. You should have already received an email if you hadn't got your book. Tell them your order's been processed. Uh, but this is, book is an evergreen. This isn't a Christmas carol by any stretch of the imagination. All my sports titles there, too. So if you're looking to fill out your collection, uh, Flim Flam, Stark Villains, Alpha Dogs, Dogpile, all there. And every Bulldog needs Dogpile, every single one. And I know we've been down on baseball the last couple of years, but uh, that's a book, too, that I think is somewhat evergreen. And uh, I'll tell you, I shared this on social media. The signings for When the Bottom Falls have been different for me. You know, like when I did Flim Flam, everybody wanted to run up and get a picture and so they could send to their Ole Miss friends and things like that. And then, uh, of course, there was all this nostalgia about villains and and alpha dogs and dog pile, of course. People are like, oh, man, we finally did it. Can you believe it? You know, it's great. This time has been different. 
it's it's been much different. It's more of a serious thing. You know, people, of course, are very happy, obviously, that uh, I've achieved something in life and, and maintained a, a program of recovery. But uh, the book signers, the book people that come to get signed books, it's a much different, more subdued type thing. It's very, very different. Not to say it's better or worse. It's just different. Uh, and if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, go to StarkVillains.com. They always say busy this time of year. I appreciate uh, those folks so much for making that merchandise available to you. And of course, it's uh, it's trademarked. It is. Even if it doesn't reflect it on your shirt, it is trademarked. We do own that. And uh, you never know. I may do some more interesting things with the phrase uh, Stark Villain here in the years to come. You just never know what I'm up to. But again, thanks so much, man. Sorry for the late show, but it's been a busy day here. I promised you, though, we'd get it up for your signing day preview. So you'll have a Tuesday to listen to the show. And then on Wednesday, we'll do a signing day recap once all the dust is settled. As soon as it's done, I'll grab a drink and uh, we'll record a show. So look for that Wednesday afternoon uh, once everything is kind of said and done. Once all the dust is settled, we'll get to record the show. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.